Hello, friends, and welcome to another afternoon of the Held Together Improv for Life podcast. I'm your host, Darren Held. Welcome. And I have two guests with me today. Hey, welcome, everybody. Hi. <laughs> um, I have Agnes. How are you, Agnes? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Glad to have Yay. you back. I'm glad to be back again. Yes. Yeah, so Agnes is an improviser, actress, singer, skater, dancer, uh, all those things. Mother of three. Yes. yes. Mother of three dragons, like Game of Thrones. Oh, yes. So <laughs> she gave birth to dragons. Yes. She's a dragon daughter. I'm of a, dragon. a dragon. too. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so how has your improvisation skills um, fit into motherhood? Oh, like every day. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, well, one, I, I remember one time, um, you know, as a parent, as a parent, um, you, you read advice and you, you know, there's certain things you're supposed to be doing when your kids act up and certain things you're not supposed to be doing. Like, like my oldest son had a, had a meltdown and, you know, and we're vacillating between do we, is he doing it because he wants attention? So does that mean we should ignore his meltdown? Or is he doing it because he really needs something? Should we go over and coddle him? So I tried one, didn't work. Tried the other, didn't work. So then I just laid down on the ground next to him and just stared at him. And then my other two kids came over because they're like, this is different. <laughs> so then they just they just laid down and they just stared at my husband. And so then we're all just laying down. He's having his mouth and he looks around. He's like, why? <laughs> He's just laying there laying there with me and then it just snapped him out of it that is it was awesome. so it was and so, and it's funny because now um now when if if um my either my first or second born have a meltdown the youngest one has thinks that's what you're supposed to do oh my god so they're like freaking out and then my youngest one my two will just go over there and just lay next to him like hi no, i could see <laughs> How that could psychologically have an impact, because <laughs> good or bad. <laughs> well, just odd. we're like out of ideas. Sometimes you're just out of like, ideas like as a the, parent. The oddness of it to being yeah. I mean, in a way, it's like very much like yes anding. Like I'm gonna just be here with you, be present, and do what uh -huh. you do. I mean, not have a meltdown, but like <laughs> be here with you. And I could see like the oddness of it just pulling you out of whatever you're upset <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, it's like why just laying there staring at me. This is. I'll have to try that with my boyfriend see if that works if you just lay there he has a meltdown yeah that's awesome just lay down and connect yes well, <laughs> eye contact i know just don't talk just look yeah i've tried that though thinking like oh i'm listening and he's like why aren't you saying anything <laughs> but anyway maybe it's just for children but that's awesome <laughs> really cool. And we also have Richard with us, Richard Martinez. Hello, Hi, everybody. Richard. Hi, Darren. Um, Hi, Agnes. Hi, Richard. Hi. Uh, Richard is creative in multiple areas as well as a Held Together troop member and uh, improvised improv teacher. Yes. Yes. How was your holiday season? Uh, it was cool. It was uh, it was a holiday season. Yeah. You know? It was uh, 
It was around. Yes, yeah. it was there. It was and there. That's about all the details we're going to yank out of Richard. Today. <laughs> um, it is nice to have you both here because you were both part of um, a show that we had, our first scripted show it held together, <gasps> the yes. Reindeer Yay. Monologues. Richard was directing, and Agnes played Hollywood the Reindeer. Yeah, Prancer, yes. a.k.a. Hollywood. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Formerly right. known as Prancer. My stage name was Hollywood. Yeah. Prancer. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking to Agnes a little bit about it on the last podcast. Um, tell me, Richard, why you chose this show. Well, I had directed uh, the eight reindeer monologues uh, eight years ago, and I directed it um, at a coffee shop. And so the technical side of the show was sort of limited, um, and I knew even then that I wanted to bring it back later. Um, and when I realized that uh, 2018 was the eight-year anniversary of doing the show the first time, I thought, all right, well, that's, this is the perfect time to do it. Um, uh, approached you and yes. said, hey, I had this idea. And uh, in the improv way, you said yes. Yes, um, and also I'm afraid of you. So. Yes, well, that is true. I mean, most people <laughs> said yes. Most are. Um, so, yeah, so, I, so we agreed to do it, um, and I read the script again, and the script touched on so many issues that were uh, relevant to 2018, the last two years, sort of just in general, um, in terms of what it means to have um, uh, accusations of sexual assault against somebody in power. Um, I read it right around the time that the uh, Kavanaugh hearing was going on, and I thought, mm-hmm. man, this, this absolutely could have been written today. Um, and so I just was really inspired to do uh, justice to the themes of the uh, of the play, and uh, was just super super impressed with the talent that showed up to do the show and uh, to come out on audition and and the work that they all put into it uh, just blew me away and I was uh, so uh, happy with the final result. Yeah, wow. I was blown away too. It was really really impressive. Um, aside from the political climate changing, did you find, because, I mean, in the last eight years is really when you became an improviser, right? Yes. Did you find that that fit into a change of direction for you? Yeah. Directing it the first time and this time? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first time, it sort of, when I directed it eight years ago, before improv, I sort of was in the mindset that I normally was as an actor in that I would rehearse something the way that it was meant to be performed and I would do that no matter what. Like that was the performance um, and so that's sort of how I directed. Like direct, uh, have this moment, uh, here's where you should be emotionally or whatever and just try to do that over and over again. Um, With the improv influence, I think the style my style of directing this time around was more um, moment-based in terms of, yeah, we definitely wanted certain moments to happen. Um, uh, with Agnes in particular, like with your character in, in Hollywood, there were certain emotional peaks that we discussed right. and that we were like, all right, great, this is a great thing to get to. However, if it doesn't get there in that moment or if the moment just doesn't feel like it, that's fine. And we've And, and as a performer you connect to the moment in the mm-hmm. improv mm-hmm. way that we that we do and go from there. And so what I loved about the show through the rehearsals and through the performances was that no two performances were ever the same. And that was that was amazing because it, it meant the show was alive in a way that um, 
maybe it wasn't when I did it uh, eight years ago, eight years ago. That's really cool. Agnes, did you identify yeah. with that process too? Yes, yes. Because um, we did two shows, and um, I mean, I think the arc in my monologue was different both times, <laughs> and uh, at, and even even in the rehearsals, because um, I remember doing the rehearsals with Richard and. <laughs> like the arc was different every time and and um <clears throat> you know it's it's weird when you're you know in your head you 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 kind of have your thought of what how you think this arc would look best and so then if sometimes you don't get to that arc but a different arc mm-hmm. you know you think oh I failed so then I would ask Richard like okay this is different how I did yesterday and and it was it was just nice having that feedback that he gave saying, yes, it was different, but it was still truthful. It was still honest. And it was, you know, it touches on different emotions, which is not it's not bad. It's it's just different. And they're both equally good. They're both equally truthful. Yeah. So then it was it was nice. It was really nice having that feedback. So then this way I felt comfortable knowing that if you know, I didn't get it the way, like in my head, I thought it should go or, you know, like at, you know, like at home when you're practicing sometimes, like for me, I always run through my lines best in the shower for some reason, you know, and like I'm in the shower and I'm, you know, and I, I do run through my monologue and I'm like, Ooh, that's so good. Oh. <laughs> and I sound oh, so good. In I know. Oh, the acoustics are amazing. Oh man, I wish I <laughs> somehow recorded that. Oh. You, know, you, then, you don't record yourself in the shower? That, that's not oh, the that thing that people you? do? I guess oh, so. Oh. That's weird, Agnes. All right. Everybody records yeah. themselves in the yeah. shower. Yeah. No. Maybe it's a guy thing. Maybe it's a guy. Oh. I totally do. Yeah. Oh, anyway. okay. I guess I'll start doing that? Um, <laughs> I don't know. That, yeah, but. that's really... Uh, it's so interesting because, yeah, you're right. In improv, there's not a line where you hit an emotional arc. Mm-hmm. It's like you make a choice where it comes in. And I think... You know, that's the reason why in the past decade or so, agents are insistent on their actors taking improv classes. Oh, agents. (laughs) I thought you said Asians as well. Oh, agents. I absolutely did. I'm like, and you're looking right at me when you said that. I'm thinking, this is why Asians, I'm like, what do Asians do, Well, Agnes is Asian, for those of you that don't know. Um, I've noticed that Asians, you know, um, insist when I have business meetings with them that I do improv, and I'm like, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no. To, to, to your point, <laughs> to, to your point, I think it is. Yeah, there's there's definitely a thing about connection and staying staying connected to the to the present moment. That yeah. uh, I think acting in general has improved upon in the last uh, several years. Yeah. Um, I know one of the things that I gave them, um, especially the performers who had an improv background, because not all of them did, um, was. You know, in improv, we're typically acting with other people. You know, we're doing our scenes with other people. And so we're able to pick up these emotional cues off of what you've said in the scene or what you've said in the scene. Um, and with a monologue, it's a little bit different because there is nobody else on yes. stage for you to to react off of. Um, so it really was an exercise, I think, in listening to yourself yes. and paying attention to what you're doing and how you can react to it. Um, and that was really, really... Um, one, just interesting to watch happen. And two, just inspiring for myself, sitting there thinking, man, when I go back to doing some improv, um, like that's going to be something that I take with me, is, is not only listening to 
your scene partner, but yes. really listening to yourself as well. One idea feeds another. Yeah. And it's like, well, what does that mean that I said that? What does that say about my character? Yeah. You know, absolutely. how do I feel about that? What I just said, the reaction I'm getting from it. It's all yeah. fascinating. And yeah. I've seen, um, you know, I have an acting background and um, I have students that come in, some have an acting background and some don't. And it's, it's so interesting. There's benefits to both. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. if you have an acting background, you understand the need for uh, emotion, stage right. presence, uh, kind of journey that a character goes on. But you also need to unlearn some things mm -hmm. sometimes because they're not the same thing. They're not the same animal. Yeah. So sometimes there's a freedom with someone that doesn't have that background that can really just go with it. Yeah. And then, you know, they might need a little more help on on, on getting to those places that aren't as natural for someone that doesn't have that experience. Yeah. That was a struggle for me coming into improv initially was, um, was accessing emotion mm -hmm. because as an actor, I would do shows. I would purposefully look for scenes and shows that had high emotion, usually anger. I loved playing anger. Still do. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm afraid yeah. of you. Yes, exactly. Um, and so <laughs> it was easy to access if it was pre-written, if there was a script and I knew I'm going to say these words and I'm going to say them angrily. Um, but when it came to improv and it came to accessing negative emotions, I should say, because happier emotions were, were sort of expected to do those things, right? As just people yeah. in general, exude happiness, exude positivity. Um, but to showcase negative emotion that you yourself are choosing to bring out uh, was definitely a struggle because, um, you know, growing up, I was sort of not encouraged to express negative emotions mm, as many of um, us yeah, were. Yeah. yeah so it was it was a struggle and then finally once I sort of gave myself permission to do that it opened up in a way that uh was uh definitely um life-changing or improving that's cool yeah. well that's why a yeah. lot of people call it therapy and come to improv yes. class <laughs> for therapy too like Absolutely. ah yes. I can let this go yeah. um well uh god I just had so many ideas float through my head on that but like i get it and um it was a terrific show thank so you thank, thank you, you. congratulations to both of you Yay. thank you um and uh yeah just staying on the string of improv because that's what the show is about um let's go to our improv for life moments that we want to share something that happened recently or not so recently where you're like you know uh, I was doing that thing I do called life, and I think my improv skills came in handy for this. Um, Agnes, do you have anything you'd like to share? Yeah, I think... Um, if not, then please leave. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. <laughs> One thing I notice about Asians... <laughs> no, I'm just I'm going to go record myself in the shower now. <laughs> um, so I, I think, you know, with parenting, just always improvising, and... Um, <laughs> I remember another, you know, as a parent, you know, sometimes we do lie to our kids <laughs> and, and, and you just keep going with that lie. Like, um, <laughs> one, like what advice, you know, they say like with kids, you're not supposed to let them watch TV until they're like two or three. So when we only had one child, um, you know, we would keep the TV off until, until he went to bed and then we would watch all of our shows. But every now and then, you know, it would, we'd ask him to leave it, leave it on and he'd come into the room and, and we told him it was broken. Like when it's 
on. It was broken. <laughs> and he's like, fix it, fix it. And then we're like, okay. And we turn it off. We're like, okay, we fixed it. <laughs> oh so, my God. It was, so it, he had it backwards for the longest time. And if we went to someone else's house, he pointed and broken. it was on. He's like, it's broken. And we're like, yeah, I guess they just need to fix it. <laughs> and then, oh my God. And so he had that, he kind of, he had that mixed up for, <laughs> for a while. That is hilarious. It reminds me of like something that could go in a long form set. Like, cause you kind of create your own world. Yes. Yeah. The TV's broken. I'm sure he'll be messed up later. But I know. I want to know what his thought process was. Like, what is, it, like, with it being broken, who are these people <laughs> in this rectangle that are coming it's out and broken. speaking? You're coming you know? in and saying, you're, you're broken. Yeah. You're broken. And then turn it off and we're like, oh, it's fixed. And, like, what is the purpose of the box? Yeah. Why do <laughs> we have this work. in our house? <laughs> why are these people coming through and saying these yeah. words so that so that's what they say two to three years because my brother and his wife use that thing as a babysitter from birth yes. for their kids right yeah so so um when you're parenting um your first child is very different from parenting parenting your second or third child mm-hmm. so we did that for our first and then when we discovered how glorious it is to just get a break yeah then we didn't do that as much with our second. And then with my youngest, oh my, he watches so much TV. <laughs> like he just, he, he watches a lot. You're like, mommy's yeah, going like, to improv class here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Here you go. Here's some more, here's a show for you to watch. Oh. And yeah. So, so we only follow that. We only, we were only like the perfect parents for the first one where uh, we didn't see, let that's them pretty common. watch. That's but, an adorable story. But when we lie to all of them, so so the Yay. second and third do get that from oh, us. Oh, you treat them all equally. Yes, we do. We <laughs> lie to them. Nice. We lie to all of them. Aww. Yeah, Aww. I know. So glad improv has helped you lie. Yes. Improv for lies. <laughs> <laughs> That's the th- that should be the Look motto. Improv for lies. <laughs> um, how about you, Richard? Um, improv for life moment. Um, this week... Um, this week I was uh, I was in I was in therapy uh, with my th- with my therapist that was redundant. <laughs> that oh I was in therapy with my chiropractor. Um, no, and so uh, you we in were the shower. I was. It? I was. Yes, oh. it's a new sort of progressive uh, therapy. <laughs> nice. um, and uh, no, so we were we were just talking, and and uh, like the last like two weeks or so, I've, I've had sort of a uh, a disconnect in like my emotions, and we were talking about that, and we, we, he he was talking about the importance. Of um of labeling your emotions, and as he's saying that, I was like, "Well, yeah, that's what I tell my students. <laughs> I know that." Um, oh my god! Like, like, I'm oh, paying you to like, tell me yeah. that. straight out of a lesson. Yeah, it was straight out of like an improv lesson, and, and then he was like, "You know, he was telling me, and also like when you do talk about your emotions, you rarely make eye contact with me. You're looking aside." And I was like, "Yep, absolutely." And again, in improv classes, what do I teach? Make eye contact, mm-hmm. express your emotions, label things out, uh, because it'll make the scene go better. Um, and it'll get you out of your head. Wow. Um, and you know, he was just, he just straight up called out, like you are in your head, uh, and you labeling these things and making the eye contact will get you out of that. And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. It was definitely one of those things about where those moments where I was like, all right, this, this, there has been a, maybe a disconnect in, in what I, uh, what I teach versus mm-hmm. what I do. And I definitely have not in all areas, but in 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 that particular uh, realm, and, and for these last couple of weeks, um, it definitely was there, and 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 uh, 
it made me realize, oh yeah, okay, those are those are things I should do. Uh, I should do in my life and be better at. Uh, Fortunately, you have this resource yes. <laughs> right in front of you that yes. you can like remind yourself. Yeah. I, and I get it. Like we're all human, and I have um, my thing that I used to kind of laugh about. Like I can't believe I teach improv, and I do this was was thinking ahead. Like yeah. I think part of it's because I, I have my own business, so and there's so much going on that I'm always like planning, 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 thinking of the future and this month and <laughs> next month. And um, I teach people to be present right. and stay in the moment. Yeah. And so uh, that has been like a lesson for me to yeah. be like, oh, you know what? Practice, practice a little bit. Yeah. What you're teaching practice people, what you and maybe you'll yeah. be better and they'll be better. And yeah. Yeah. Well, it was funny too because. Uh, one of the things that I realized in the discussion was that um, in addition to whatever feelings were going on in the last couple of weeks, it, there was also a l lack of balance in terms of the creativity uh, in my life. Like, yes, you, you know, were I very had, creative for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Like I, you know, play. yeah, I was doing, you know, like even like just teaching classes and, and then directing the play, doing shows, whatever. Like those are all there and it's all sort of back to back and overlapping. And I love that. I, I thrive in that. Um, and then over the the holiday break, there there was a break in that, and so like the teaching, which I you know teaching brings me so much positive uh, energy after a class. There's, <clears throat> it's just amazing. Um, and there was no show going on, so I was like, oh, so there's an an imbalance here. Uh, so, anyways, just talking about that it helped me to realize the importance of of the balance and and uh, and labeling labeling it out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, thank yeah. you for being so open and sharing Yeah, that. you're welcome. Um, all right. It's, it's weird to do it while I'm not naked in the shower. I know. <laughs> I know. You're just naked. But just no naked. Shower. Yeah, just, just naked. <laughs> <laughs> no water running. Just no, standing yeah. there. God, uh, bizarre. <laughs> Guys uh, take showers so differently than girls. I never knew this. Oh, that's just the beginning. That oh. is. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And the recording and no water. Yeah, you know about the T-bone steaks? No. Oh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. That's next, okay. next episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my improv for life moment is just finding yet another um, wonderful way to use this art. And it's through uh, a friend of ours, Sarah Slimmer. Um, and I never knew she did this. It's just funny where you, you learn what people do outside of the realm you see them. And she... Um, is very passionate about uh, human trafficking. Mm. And she volunteers for the Orange County Human Traf Trafficking Task Force. Oh. And she approached me about uh, doing some improv for some teenage girls. Um, apparently, like, uh, <laughs> it's really prevalent in Orange County. Like, you wouldn't think. But um, especially in Anaheim and near Disneyland and stuff. So, and like 80% of the girls that get involved in human trafficking, um, you know, like for sex, uh, mostly are in the foster system. So mm -hmm. they're taking an active role to um, be preventative now. And they're going into like shelters and stuff like that. And she asked if uh, me and uh, a couple colleagues, Anne and Bridget, who are teachers, would go in and do some improv with them for self-esteem mm -hmm. and teaching, like, just teaching them that stuff. And so um, I just thought that was so cool. So we're doing that next week. That's awesome. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I love how passionate she was about it. 
um, and how how much everybody is like, yeah, this will really help them. I mean, it, mostly we're not going to have some heavy like debriefs like this is why your self-esteem, but like they need to have fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have fun and have some confidence and like an escape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Realize those things. So anyway, yeah, I'm excited about laughter, that. Laughter, like the power of laughter, I think is so um, can bring such self worth forward because yeah. if you can't laugh at a situation, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, it, whatever your whatever the situation is, um, to a degree, um, it, it's hard. I think to have that sort of self worth. You know. Yes. Yes, I've, I've noticed that working with several underserved communities, um, like children yep. with the Women's Shelter of Long Beach and um, uh, like a substance abuse foundation, where learning to laugh at your recovery yep. or laugh with your recovery, yep. you know what I mean? Just find the humor in your everyday life and your past and your present and all that. It makes a huge difference. Some people right. don't have laughter readily. Available. Well, I think like with the play, it was kind of like that too. Mm. Is, I mean, like it's it's about rape, and I guess we could say because we're not gonna we're not giving anything away because we already did it. But Everyone's it's like, about what is about, this show? It was yeah. about Santa raping reindeers, <laughs> and um, it's not as as lighthearted as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just, I mean, not all of us have been through that situation where we were raped by Santa Claus, <laughs> but I think just... <laughs> really? <laughs> no. We're sad for the ones that have. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I totally forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I well, I think, like, the, the, the hu- finding humor in moments that, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. And I know, like... Like as as directing the show, like I, it's a dark comedy, yeah. like you know, and I think through that process we found all the emotion in it, and it was like, okay, we have all the emotion there. Now let's remember that it's a comedy, and let's allow the audience to laugh. That's true. And yeah, I think yeah. Letting them letting them be allowed to laugh is important, you know, because if you're not going to laugh, if you can't laugh, then what are what what where where do you where do you put that emotion laughter can be re- yeah. a release that's yeah. true i remember during our rehearsals because <laughs> i was one of those people who found all the dark emotion in my monologue which is weird because it was initially written for a male yes mm-hmm. and then when we um when we did it as a female it the th- we kept the exact same lines but then staying as a female you realize wow she was probably I'm going to start crying now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, because every time we talk about it, I go back to, like, the character. Yeah. But, um, you know, realize that she was raped by Santa Claus, too. And, um, but for her, she was, like, a really strong person. So she just wanted to, um, to bury it deep. And she didn't understand why um, other rangers couldn't do the same thing. You know, because she just, like, for her to heal from it, it was more just about forgetting about it and moving on. <coughs> which is and, like the whole spectrum of all those reindeer is probably right. you hit, they hit ev- right. how everybody handles it differently. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and so one thing Richard has said is, you know, he's like, you know, your monologue has a lot of moments for comedy too. And he's like, there are some, there's some monologues that came after mine that were just dark who, you know, don't have as many 
moments for that comedy. And he, and Richard reminded me, he's like, you know, this play is a dark comedy. It's not just a dark. <laughs> so, so he's like, anywhere we can find comedic moments. Yeah. You know, and, and so, then it, so that was, so it actually made my character so, I loved my character. It was so fun because she had the dark moments, but then there were a lot of, fun comedic moments too like she just had like this huge range and it yeah. was it was so it was so fun doing it and then i got something he had to remind me he's like you know there's a lot of you could why don't you explore some funny moments mm-hmm. you got to look at this from a different perspective too he's like you got the dark <laughs> yeah he's like try it again and try to find more funny moments and then so it just became so fun because she had a lot of fun moments and yeah. then of course she had the dark just yeah. like and i think it allows readers. the audience to um if they can laugh about these things, especially in the beginning of the show, um, by the end of it, where it is a lot heavier and a lot darker, um, they have not been hit over the head for the last hour and a half. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's um, we, the themes are all there, but we've laughed along the way. And so now here's these, you know, our, the last two monologues are, are, are probably the darkest in the show. And, and, and even those ones have moments of humor. Uh, but still just being able to say okay i can i can laugh at this and and that's and that's okay even if i've mm-hmm. been through something similar or or i know somebody who has or or whatever it is okay it is okay to laugh we're not we're not being disrespectful we're not being um we're not minimizing anybody's experience but we're also finding the human connection in it and and uh like we said i think laughter in that case is a big um connector yeah yeah and, and med- medicine too we're yes. hoping to make mm-hmm. you laugh with a scene we're gonna do yeah <laughs> so just know it's okay to laugh we're just gonna assume that you're in your car on your headphones laughing anyway yes so. well <laughs> hopefully not on your headphones while you're driving that's illegal oh well not at the same time yes that'd be like showering and recording <laughs> right <laughs> um anyway so um we had some great suggestions for a made-up fairy tale Ooh. there you go so mike our producer is gonna Go into the giggle machine and pull out a new title, and that's going to inspire our scene. Great. All right. All right. Are you up for it, Mike? All right. Here we go. Here we go. Get the machine on. <laughs> Chester and the magic zipper. <laughs> Chester and the magic zipper. Thank you, Sander Roscoe Wolf. Oh, Sander Roscoe Wolf suggested this. Thank you, Sander. Good morning, Chester. Good morning, Dad. Are you ready for school? I am. I am, Dad. I have my new backpack all filled up with school supplies, and I have my new school uniform, pressly ironed, and I'm ready to go. Mm, don't you look sharp. I'm so proud of you packing all of your school supplies in your backpack. Last night. Thank you, Dad. I intend for this to be the best school year that there ever was for me. Well, this is a big one. You know, you're going into second grade. Yes. Second grade is often overlooked in terms of academic growth, but I intend to make this the year that I learn everything. (laughs) Well, that's a big goal. I mean, don't forget to have some fun, too, son. Fun is overrated, Dad. You, of all people, should know that. What is that? 
Chester! It's me, the zipper that you keep in your pocket. I'm so excited to be starting second grade with you. Zipper, I told you to keep it, this relationship between just us. Son, who are you talking to? Dad, I'm, I'm talking to my magic zipper that I keep in my pocket. <laughs> now you're having some fun. All right, I'm going to uh, make your eggs. I'll be back. Thank you, Dad. Zipper, yes, you almost Chester. blew it. Luckily, this conversation only happens between you and me, and Dad was not able to hear your voice. Oh, Chester, but we talked about this last night. You're entering second grade. You're going to introduce me to the world. Zipper, I don't know if the world is ready for the, for the reveal that zippers are sentient beings who have opinions and can talk. Oh, but Chester, you know, you know how magical I have been for you. I have helped you through those terrible times in first grade when, when you were, you didn't know your addition and, and then you just counted on me in class and I was able to help you zip one, zip down one, zip up one, zip down one. One plus one plus one plus one equals four. And you were able to pass second grade. Yes, yes. Prior to you, all I cared about was just having fun. But I didn't care about learning. Oh, carrots? I'm sorry, son. No carrots. I'll make you some uh, Brussels sprouts. How's that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dad. All right. Dad! Dad! Did you say something? I didn't say anything, Dad. Zipper, knock, knock it off. Dad's not ready to hear you, to hear this. Please. Oh, 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 hello, hello. You must be Chester's dad. Oh, no. Holy mother of Christ. <laughs> Holy mother of Christ. Yes. Oh, yes. my gosh. Son, your backpack is, it's, 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 it's talking to me. Yes, dad, this is the, this is the zipper that I normally keep in my, in my pocket, but now I've put it onto my backpack and it's here. Dad, meet Zipper Zipper Dad. Oh. What are you? Oh, I am a zipper. Oh, it's a pleasure finally meeting you. I've been all over your house. Oh, my gosh. The teeth of the zipper are, are moving. Yes. And sound's coming out. I, I watch over your son, Chester, as soon as he leaves the house. Dad, Zipper is the one who let me be able to pass the math test last year, where I figured out that one plus one plus one plus, plus one is one. four. You're, you're Zipper. Yes. I'm I a need, Zipper. Yes. I need a scotch. I need a scotch. I don't care if it's seven in the morning. Oh, my God. All right, calm down, Jack. Just close your eyes. You're imagining something. This is a dream. Dad, it, it's, not, it's not a dream. It's, it's, the way of, it's the way of the world now, Dad. Zipper's are alive, and it's time that the world knows it, and that's why I intend to let everybody know in second grade. I'm going to open my eyes, and <laughs> I'm going to be waking up. Hello! Oh, my God! Okay. Okay. I'm still here! So, Chester? Yes, Dad? Why? Why do we need to introduce zippers to the world? Well, because, Dad... The world is obviously not as knowledgeable as it can be, and without a zipper to show them the way, then 
the world's going to go downhill. And, and if it continues to go downhill, then what kind of world are we living in? So yes, it's important for the world to know that zippers exist and can talk to you and can help you. They can not only help you with mathematical equations like one plus one plus one plus one equals four, but also with things like, like how, how did... How did the United States win World War II? Oh, I knew I shouldn't oh. have sent you to that advanced preschool, but your mother insisted. The oh. Montessori oh. schools. All right, Zipper. You, Chester, your father is a Zipperacist. Oh, what? I said it. You're a Zipperacist. Dad, don't be such a Zipperphobe. I want to know your bottom line, Zipper. What's it going to take for you to go away? This is the way of the world. Jack, zippers are here. We're proud and we're zipped up. So deal with it. Huh. Okay. Dad, I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm going to announce at this morning's assembly about the zipper. And, and it would mean so much to me if you were there by my side, Dad. Help, helping, helping the world see the importance of a zipper and all they can do to, to bring the world to a much better place. Well, you must be right, or I'm crazy. Well, you're definitely not crazy, Dad. All right, let me finish this scotch. Get in the car, kids. <laughs> Let's go show this zipper to the world. Woo! Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Yay! Oh, Chester and the Magic Zipper. That's a classic. Thank you, Sandra Roscoe Wolf, for that suggestion. Yeah. And thank you, Richard and Agnes, for joining me today. Thank you. Richard, where can people see more of you? Um, well, my naked shower videos are available <laughs> on Pornhub. Um, otherwise, you can find me on uh, Instagram at the at, or. Uh, or uh, Twitter or Facebook, any of those things. Uh, just search Richard J. Martinez. Ricardo 1980. Yes. Is that oh right? yeah. Yeah. Ricard on Instagram. R Y C A R D O 1980 on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. Cool. And Agnes, thank you so much once again. Yay! Thank you. And uh, where can we see you? Uh, well, I'll be in the sketch show that we talked about. Yay! End of. Was it February 28th through March 2nd? 1st, 2nd, yeah. March 2nd. Oh, yes. Okay. March We're March running 2nd. two months. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I'll, I'll be in that. Um, it's it's really strange because I did the eight render monologues, now I'm doing sketch. So for me, this is more like held together sketch for life or scripted for right? life because I've been doing scripted for. Mm. Like five months straight. <laughs> yes, that's right. All three of us are a part of that too. Yes. Actually, Richard's in the yes. show. I'm directing, yes. so check that out if you're in the L.A., Long Beach, Orange County area. Um, we're held together. Or willing to drive down from Hollywood. Yeah, that's the <laughs> L.A. area. Oh, yeah. Or fly we, over from New York. Or yes. Montana. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any that, of that. I feel like we've really been missing out on that Montana crowd. I know the demographics really hard to yeah. reach. Uh, maybe we should stop making fun of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you can check us out, H-E-L-D, number together.com, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Twitter. Um, and, uh, yeah, we hope to see you soon. I'd like to end today's podcast with a quote. 
It is by philosopher Friedrich Schlegel. Mm. And he says, a so-called happy marriage corresponds to love as a correct poem to an improvised song. Don't know what it means, but Agnes, you're married, <laughs> oh so gosh. take that in. A so-called happy marriage corresponds to love as a correct poem to an improvised song. Mm. I think it's all, I think it's about appearances. I think I need a shower. All right, <laughs> thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. <laughs>